0: that be a glorious day. Oh my, I look forward to that. Well, we're getting closer to it, and uh, one of these days uh, that will be happening, and uh, won't it be something to sing that uh, instead of what a day this is. Amen. When we get there, we'll sing it like that up there. Revelation. Well, we went to Revelation this morning. We're in Revelation again tonight, Revelation chapter number three. We're going to look here, and then we're going to go to another scripture in a moment. Revelation chapter number three. We'll go down to verse number fourteen. These are verses about the uh, the the Church of Laodicea. What was happening at that time? I believe it was an actual church. I believe also it's a it's a picture of a of a church age. And uh, uh, my my Bible says there a final state of apostasy. And uh, but we see that in front of our eyes today. Revelation chapter three verse fourteen. I'll read 14. You join me on 15 and so on down through number. uh, Let's go to verse number 19 then on this, all right? And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witnesses, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then, because because thou art lukewarm... And neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold, tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, and thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve. That thou mayest see, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. And then go with me to Psalm one hundred and six. All right, and keep it placed in Revelation. Back to Psalm one hundred and six, and we'll be kind of, we'll kind of be back and forth here in the Scripture. And uh, Psalm one hundred and six, verse number fifteen. Just one verse here, and let's see what it says here. Let's read together verse 15, Psalm 106, verse 15. And he gave them their requests, but sent leanness into their soul. of um, my message tonight, it'll sound funny when I say it, but uh, I don't really mean it as funny, but it, but it is kind of funny, the name of it. And the name of the sermon is this, Fat Bodies and Lean Souls. This is not a sermon on diets, okay? But fat bodies and lean souls. It kind of gets your attention maybe to it. I think you'll see what I'm talking about here in a few minutes as we get in the message. Let's ask the Lord to bless. Father, help us now tonight. Oh, God, I pray that you would help us understand that might be kind of a catchy little uh, title for the message. But there's great truth here. God, I pray help me as I preach it. And uh, give me the words to say. Help me seem the way I should. Give us ears to hear. Hearts that are tender, Lord, we might consider this message for ourselves. Save the one who may be here without you tonight. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The significance of the Psalm in in, in Psalm one hundred six, we find as I read that that as we read the verse just a moment ago in verse fifteen, and He gave them the request, but sent leanness unto their soul. There's a historical significance of that verse, and uh, that's found in the book of Deuteronomy, and uh, or I'm sorry, not Deuteronomy. We're going to go Deuteronomy later on, but in the book of Exodus, chapter number sixteen, and uh, it, it talks about it there about all the things that God did for Israel, and uh, you know Israel is God's people, and and uh, God loved them so much, and and God did so much for them. You know, I mean, God just blessed them over and over again. And and, uh, we find about all the amazing things the Lord did for them and and, uh, the miracles in Egypt. And, uh, you know, it's a... A wonderful thing that we have a miracle-working God, and uh, He's able to do great and mighty things. And and uh, I think about the miracle of the you know the parting of the Red Sea. How awesome is that? And the people, and it wasn't they didn't cross over on muddy ground. That's what we would think if the waters all of a sudden were parted, it'd be all a bunch of mud. But they crossed over on dry ground, and uh, that's just how thorough God is. But God parted the sea for them, and and, uh, and He sent manna from heaven. And uh, and then gave him the desire for meat, and with all the quail that God dropped down right there for them, and uh, he was just meeting every need that they had, and blessed them in a mighty way. And uh, but the Bible said that in 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 back in in Psalm, uh, if you go with me there, back at Psalms, not one hundred six, but let's go to Psalm seventy eight, and we find out a little bit about the story here, Psalm seventy eight, where God gave them this meat, and look at verse number. Uh, uh, verse number 30. Well, I'll tell you what, let's back up to verse 29, okay? So they did eat and were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their, this is interesting, lust. But while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them and smote down the chosen men. Of Israel, for all this they sin still. Believe not his wondrous works. Uh, what's what's interesting about this is that uh, these that the God's people were wanting things to consume upon their own lust. It wasn't necessarily for things that they needed, but they can consume it on their own lust. And and uh, it just seemed like that uh, if you study about this that. God did so much for them and yet it was never enough for them. You know, sometimes we're that way. It's like, you know, God blesses and blessed, but we're just never satisfied. Never it's almost like we just God can't do enough for us. And God blessed Israel in a mighty way. And when I think about how that they griped and complained with Moses in the wilderness, understand what God had done. God had brought them out of Egypt. God had fed them, gave them water. God blessed them in a mighty way, and yet they still they grumbled and griped and and then when it was time to go into the promised land they wouldn't go in and uh i think you know just it was like god just couldn't do enough for them but uh god i believe blesses blesses a whole lot and and so what happened uh, uh, god uh uh gave them food to eat and and as we read there in psalm 78 that uh, in uh, verse 30 that strange they estranged them from their lust that's what it was all about it was a lust there and uh and God, God gave them that, even though they were going to uh, use it for their own lusts. And, and, uh, but God blessed them anyhow. And, uh, you know, the, the Bible says, as we, we read there in Psalm 106 and verse number 15, it said, and he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Now, if you see, I think you can see the title of the message this evening already by this. That there was these, the Bible said that uh, uh, in that in verse thirty-one, back in Psalm seventy-eight, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them. They had all kinds of stuff, and they talk about the fattest of them. And 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 then we find that that as we read there in 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 Psalm uh, uh, there that where where that, that God that their their soul was lean. So there's the title, the fatness. And the blessings, and yet the leanness of the soul, the fatness of the body. In other words, the things for the flesh. They had so much, and yet they were so lean when it came to the things of their soul. Though God judged them. They chose to continue in their sin. You know, it's sad you'd think maybe maybe folks would learn their lesson. I've seen a lot of folks get into all kinds of problems because of their life. Because of decisions they make. And that's what gets us in problems. We make our own decisions rather than what God wants. and We get ourselves into, into problems. And, and, and God judged them. And, and, uh, but, but, but God still was there. God was there ready to help them and, and bring them out of the situation. But uh, they, 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 just, they just wanted more and more. And God was, was giving them and giving them. And yet they were consuming it upon their own lust and fattening themselves. And their soul was a mess. You know, I, I, what's sad about this, we read there in Psalm 78, and verse 32, for all this, they sin still. After all the blessings, and they sin still. It's like, do you realize what God did? I, I, I look at this, and I guess it's easy for us to sit back here in our pews tonight and say, say this, You know, I don't understand why the children of Israel grumbled so much after what God did, the miracles God did in Egypt, and set them free. How could you how could you gripe? I mean things look dark sometimes, even when before the sea was was parted, it looked pretty dark. But I mean it, it just it's like, did you see what they did what, what happened there? Did you see that God parted the seas when it looked so bad? If God could do that and then when the then when the enemy the, the Egyptians were coming after them, what happened? God allowed the waters to go back and kill them all. I mean, surely we ought to learn something from the blessings of God. But Sometimes we just want the blessings of patting our wallets, giving us more. I'm not so concerned about the soul, of feeding the soul that we have. Temporary blessings sometimes. This is a thing we've got to be concerned about. Temporary blessings sometimes tend to make us or take us to a spiritual decline. I'm looking, I think of the children of Israel and how God blessed them in a mighty way, brought them out of Egypt and blessed them. And then what do we do? We find them declining to the point where most of the people that came out of Egypt didn't go into the promised land. You would think it would have built and built and built on that. They would trust God, trust God, trust God. And finally, when it was time to go to the promised land, like, why was it only two that said we can do it? Because they had taken all the things from God. They wanted all that comfort of the things in their soul was, was lean. Fatness of the body oftentimes leads to a leanness of the soul. And again, I'm not talking necessarily about body fat. I'm just saying that we have so much and yet so little spiritually. That's sad when that happens. We all have so much today. I think that's probably some of the problem in America. You now, look, and I think of the Philippines, and my, oh, my, and in Mexico even, all the thousands of people being saved. And you know, most of those people have so much less than we have. Those folks in the Philippines, I mean, they, if they got a bicycle to ride, they're happy about that. Food, man, we, we, we have so much compared to most of the world, and, and yet, we look at America and we see America has got, is, is, is fat in their body, but lean in their soul. We're so blessed in America that we don't have time for God. It's a sad thing when that happens. You know, there was a time when most people went to church on a Sunday. Now they're saying that probably most of the people don't go to church on a Sunday was a time when the things of God were important and now it's not that way anymore and I'm thinking what brought us to this place well we just got we got blessed so much that we looked at the blessings and forgot about the one who blesses lean in the soul now we have no time for God we've got the fatness of the of the physical things and the leanness of the soul several examples are found in the word of God of of this, this thing happening one of them is a place called Sodom. I'll tell you what, America's looking more and more like Sodom, isn't it? And uh, I've been thinking about it. My mind's been on that. I think I'm going to preach a sermon here uh, someday. I, my title, I think, will be this, the United States of Sodom. And uh, that's one thing God's been speaking to me about. I'll bring a message on I don't know when, when it'll be. But when I look at Sodom, the Bible says in Ezekiel sixteen forty nine, Behold this was the iniquity of, my, of thy sister Sodom. Let's see what was going on. I think well, when we think of Sodom, we think of the Sodomites. And that was a big problem. But you know what led up to that? Listen to this. It said pride, fullness of bread. Nothing wrong with bread, but they were full. They had so much. Fullness of bread and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughter's neither neither did they strengthen neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy and they were haughty and committed abomination before me therefore i took them away as i saw good when we look at sodom and gomorrah and we see about the destruction you wonder sometimes how in the world did they ever get to that place how did they get to a place where when we think it we think about the sodomites and that awful sin that was going on there that was awful but you see what led up to that was all the stuff that they had. They had abundance. Does that sound like what's happened in America? We've got so much, and now we see this. just The, the sodomites uh, is just, it's in our face. We see it, and it's almost, we're like haters, they say, because we disagree with this. I thought about Israel. In Psalm 106, verse number 15, as we've read already, and he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Saw the same thing with Israel. God blessed them in a mighty way, and then next thing you know, they're so lean, and they're rebelling against God, and they're saying, God, why, what's going Why? why And said to Moses, why did you bring us here? Did you bring us here to die? And then see the blessings. They, 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 they forgot about how God blessed them, and they just kept wanting more, and yet God had a promised land for them. I think of the Laodicean church we read there about in Revelation chapter number 3. In verse number 17, where it said, because thou sayest, I am rich, increased with goods, and have need of what? Nothing. They said, we don't need anything. They had everything that they needed. I think they looked at it this way. My job provides everything I need. Honestly, we need jobs so we can provide for our families. But we need God's provisions in our life. There's more than just, God, give me more money. God, make my heart tender. God, help me serve you more. God, help me be full of you and not full of the things of this world. He said, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe we're living in a nation tonight that is miserable. Fat in body, but they're miserable because they're lean in soul. Lean in soul. We're living in a time in America like no other time. Our country's been blessed so much. We have plenty. I I thought, you know, we throw away things that most of the world would love to have. You know, we take things, to the Salvation Army, things, I don't need that anymore, and there's people who would like to have, you know, in foreign nations, they would just, they would rush a store like that. They would love to take what we throw away. How much food do we throw away? There's people in the world that are begging for food. We have so much, don't we, in America? We've been blessed. We make more money now than probably any time before. We've got so much. We have savings accounts and 401s and, and everything else like that. We have our investments. We've got, we've got cars. We've got homes. We've got so much. Yeah, we're, we're fat physically. The problem in America and the problem in our churches today, I believe, is this, that we are, we are so undernourished when it comes spiritual in our soul. We're lean in soul. We look around, and we see all the things that we have. About everywhere you go anymore, you see storage sheds, don't you? you go up there by Giant Eagle, they built some and then building more. But why? Because we've got so much. We've got so much. Our basements are full, our garages are full, our cupboards are full. We've been blessed of an American a mighty way, and yet our soul is lean. We all have more than what we need. I have to say this. One of the reasons why we have so much is because God has blessed. God has blessed America. But What we're supposed to do is take the blessing and have it help our souls to fatten up. If I could say it that way. What we've done, we've just taken to ourself and bodily we fattened up and our soul is, is lean. We've got to be very careful about this because... If we're not careful, the blessings will mean more to us than the one who gives us the blessings. You know, we pray to God and say, God, meet this need, meet that need. I wonder how many times we stop and we thank God when he does meet that need. I wonder if we take care of what God does give to us. God blesses us so much. We've got to be careful about the one who, to remember the one who does bless us. We look at America. America's not, great. America's not great because of, I hope you understand this, it's not great because of our forefathers. It's great because of God. Thank God we had some forefathers that believed in God and put the Lord first. And now we have those that are educated, think they're smarter than God, and now they want to lead, they want that, uh, that recognition. And we have, they have so much, and yet it's just, they become fat. Physically and spiritually lean. The problem is not the things of life, but the attitude that comes along with the things of life. It's not wrong to be rich, but it's wrong to be haughty about your richness and proud. It's not wrong to have something. You know, the little saying we have around here if you get a new vehicle, I had someone one time used to always say, every time someone got a new thing, he said, Oh, it must be nice. It is, isn't it? Anybody, you bought a new car and you go, well, tell you, this is terrible. I bought a new car. I just hate doing it. I, I hate paying for it, but I like riding in it. Huh? I mean, how, how, I mean, when God blesses how wonderful it is. I mean, to thank God for what he, what he does for us, we need to have the right attitude. It wasn't me that did it. God blessed. So, well, I worked really hard for it. Who gave you the opportunity to have that job? Who gave you the strength to be able to work that job? God did. God did. And when we looked there in Revelation chapter 3, the church of Laodicea, the people, they said that they had need of nothing. You know what they were saying? We have fat bodies. We can't handle anymore. We're, we're waddling of all with all the things that we have. We have need of nothing. But God said, Now, you, you don't understand what the real problem was. And he says... He said, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You were to walk up to some of those folks and say, that's what you are. They'd say, no, we're not. But I think God sees that it really is. And that's what was happening there. They had lean souls. Well, they had the fatness of the body, but their souls were lean. I believe there's some dangers of good times and I thank the Lord that we're living in a time, and I know the times are tough. And inflation is really bad. The price of everything is high, isn't it? I was in the store that one day, not too long ago, looking for a suit. Good night, I'm going to have to rob a bank. I mean, if I could find one that's not a skinny suit, amen? Because I ain't skinny. And I kind of look at it this way, if you've got a Fellas, if you've got to put your toe in your britches this way, your pants are skinny pants. <laughs> we don't need to do that. I mean, I think some of these guys, what they need to do is just paint their legs. It would be the same thing. But uh, I look at these suits. I saw one. I go, well, here's something a little less expensive. My wife says, look at, they're stretchy ones. I'm thinking, yes, that's for me. <laughs> but it doesn't mean for fat people. It means for skinny people. But I look, and I look at the prices of them, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I, I can't believe the prices of suits. Eggs, what are they now? I'm not, I'm not sure. What was it? They're expensive, they say. I, 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 milk? I mean, good night. Let's go out and hijack a cow. <laughs> Everything's so expensive. But Yet we still have so much. I go in the grocery store with my wife sometimes. Not very often. It's very depressing. That's not so depressing walking through the store. It's just when you go to the checkout, I go to the car. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Amen. But I, I look and I think, you know, it's really hard these days and things are very expensive. But you know what? still an amazing all that we have and able to have? God's so good to us, but we've got to be careful about a few things. Dangers of good times. Let me give you a couple things. Number one, what happens? We tend to forget God. We tend to forget God. Deuteronomy chapter number eight. I mentioned Deuteronomy before. We're finally getting there. Deuteronomy chapter number, what did I say? Eight. Okay. I thought I said four, but that's eight. Deuteronomy chapter number eight. Let's go to verse number 11. Look what he says, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, lest thou, look at this, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein. Sounds like they're doing pretty good, but he says, watch out now. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You know, there's a danger of forgetting God when we get the blessings. I want the blessings of God, how good it is when God blesses us this way. We can look and we see all that God has done for us, but we must be careful that we don't forget him because of the blessings the Israelites were just, they were taking that which God was giving and, and they, were, they were using it for the lust of their flesh. I think about how many today have forgotten God. We must be very careful in our lives with all that we have that we don't forget Him. I mean, life could be very busy. How many times we talk to people and say, well, you know, I just don't have time for church. And I don't have time for the things of God. And that's why you've got to make time for it. It's amazing we make time for our jobs. We make time for our sports. We could sure make sure we, we could be sure to make time for God. But many have forgotten God, and we must never forget him. Secondly, we not only tend to forget God, we lose the fear of God. I'll tell you that's happened. You know, people talk like God is just an old man. I, I say this is what they say. I hate it. The old man that's upstairs. He is God. He is eternal, and he's God. And they, what happens, they lose the fear. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. We're to fear God. Man has lost the fear of God today. They don't fear things. I mean, you know, I, just, I just wonder how all these folks for abortion today, where, you, know, you know what the problem is? They don't fear God. They don't see the sanctity of life, I look and I think, you know, of, of the awful things that happen. Why? No fear of God. The, the Sodomites, and why, why is that running rampant? There's no fear of God. No fear of God. Why is it our churches are so empty? No fear of God. No fear of God. The Israelites lost their fear of God and rebelled and complained. And they treated God as if He wasn't even God. Just like He was just somebody else that they grumbled and griped about. You know, I think when we get to heaven, we're not going to walk up and ask God to get, slap us five. I think we'll fall on our face. You know why? We know He's God. I think, you know, that we've lost that reverence for God today. We sing, we, we're in church and we're singing about God and what happens? We're too busy doing other things. It's time to listen to the message and we just don't have time to listen. How sad it is, the fear of God is not there. Sometimes Christians act like God is not there. Let me tell you something. He is. He is. Remember when we were kids, and you probably remember this too. When mom and dad weren't around, we probably tried some things that, if they were there, we wouldn't have done it. Right? You know, I had three younger brothers, and it was always neat to go. Hey, Tim, do this. Tim would go, I don't know, we get in trouble for it. Well, let's get Dave. Hey, Dave, come here. He goes, oh, no, I don't want Mom and Dad to find out. We go, let's get John. And so John, he was kind of dumb and young, and we'd get him to do it. But we would try things when Mom and Dad weren't there. And you've heard me say we used to play rodeo in the living room. We were not allowed to play rodeo in the living room when Mom and Dad were there. And so we get in, we had to be careful, they had the beautiful carpet and the beautiful furniture and everything, you know, and we were to have respect for that room. And we did, but I'll tell you what, that big living room made a great corral. And we would get on the floor, and mom and dad would go somewhere to the store and we would there, they would leave me in charge as the older one, you know, and and they, they would leave and we would play rodeo. And I would they would get on my back and I would buck them off and we had all the cushions of the couches on the floor, and I mean, we were wrestling around, and then we'd go from uh, bucking Bronco to wrestling, and we would wrestle and throw each other around. We had so much fun until Mom and Dad came home. We could hear them pull up our driveway. It was a concrete driveway, but when they came up beside the house, right next to the house, you could almost like hear a crack or something of the car pulling up, and I don't know how many times it was, Mom and Dad's home! Man, we'd jump up. We're putting all the cushions back. Some of them weren't in the right places, you know. And, and uh, then we would jump up on the couch, and we would sit there on the couch like little angels, sweat dripping off our face. We were very uh, very uh, uh, light complexion, and now we look like a bunch of Indians. We were so red. And Mom and Dad would come in, and they would see that something happened. But we weren't doing it while we were there. You know why? We feared Mom and Dad. When mom and dad was there, we didn't have Bucking Bronco contests in the living room. I'm not saying we didn't want to, but we didn't. But when mom and dad left, let me tell you something, God never leaves us. So there's no time for us to have the Bucking Bronco contest. Since God is always there, the reason we stopped that was because of fear of, of mom and dad. Because mom and dad could bring judgment. They could chasten us. And my Heavenly Father tells me this, that he chastens his own because he loves us. We must be very careful not to lose the fear of God. You see, when, we say, when I say the fear of mom and dad didn't mean we, we hated them or we didn't love them. It meant we knew the power that they have. We knew that they had the authority, and we respected the authority. You know, it's a sad thing today that kids don't respect the authority of mom and dad. Parents today are under the control of their children in the world. That's an awful, awful thing. Moms and dads are to be in control of their children. God chastens his children. So we tend to forget God, we, we, we lose our fear of God, and here's something else. Number three, we begin to worship other gods. 1 John five twenty one. you may think, well, that's not us. Listen, little children, keep yourselves from idols, amen, he said. Matthew six twenty one says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You see, well, an idol is not just a wooden piece that's carved out, looks like some monster. An idol is anything that comes between us and God. And what happens sometimes, we begin to worship other gods. That's what's happened in America. Worship the God of money. We worship the God of, of, of fame. Worship the God of pleasures. Rather than worshiping the God of this Bible, the one that means something. Lots of things in this world come between the people of God and God what that is is an idol. You know, you don't think about it. You think about some heathen nation, but we're pretty much a heathen nation today. And we worship everything else. How sad it is. And then, number four. We begin to carelessly live in sin. We begin to carelessly live in sin. James 1, 14, 15, and 16 says this. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. That's not it. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. He said, do not err, my beloved brethren. How careless we can become if we're not careful. Being careless will get us in all kinds of problems. You know, sometimes we're doing something. We'll say to our children or say to our spouse, "Be careful." It's because we don't love them. No, we want to be careful they don't get hurt. Many lives are being destroyed today because Christians are not being careful. You say, "Well, I can handle it." I doubt whether you really can. We just got to trust God. Being careless will get us into trouble. Number five, we give Satan the advantage. We give Satan the advantage. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. I'm thinking, you know what? We're not ignorant of his devices. We know what Satan's doing. But we don't want to think about it. We think if we just don't think about it, we're okay. But it's Satan. Satan takes advantage of us. Wait a minute. He doesn't really take advantage of us. We give him the advantage. Why can I say that? Why should I say that? Because we're not, as the verse said there, uh, 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 for we are not ignorant of his devices. We know what he's doing. So if he gets advantage of us, we have given it to him. And we look and say, well, you know, I just couldn't help it. Yeah, you can. We give in to him. And we give them the advantage in our lives. I think sometimes we act like we're so ignorant of them, but I think we all understand that Satan, what he is doing and what's happening. But the thing is, we have this idea that we'll be okay. And that's not what really happens. So we go and we give Satan the advantage. And then number six, we fail to set an example for our children. Well, I'll tell you, kids today need a good example. You can't you can't give them somebody in in, in, on TV or in the movies or in sports today to be an example to the kids. I thank the Lord. Some places there are some there's some some sports guys that are that are uh, you know they have good testimony and I thank the Lord for it. But they're far and few between. You you, you know who will be the, the the heroes of our boys and girls? Mom and Dad, the preacher. I'm a superhero. Right, girls. Would you parents please have a talk with these girls? <laughs> but the, you, know, you know what? The, the, I, 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 I say that. It, we, it sounds kind of funny, but you know, really, a preacher ought to be a hero to the kids. I thank God. I, I, I know our kids around here look up to me. They don't look at me like I'm and, and treat me smart Alec. they treat me. You, you know, I know where that comes from. It comes from mom and dad. And I thought, you know, we're to set an example for our children, Psalm 78, verse 6, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, which should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. We need to set the example for our kids. You know, there are many things taking us out of church today. We must not just think about ourselves, but think about those little ones that come behind us. You know, We're to we're be an example of these kids on the front row. We're be an example of the little ones. There's some in the nursery right now, some in junior church right now. You know what they need? They need to have some folks that they can look up to as, as being some heroes. There's some people that they can look up to. I'm not going to point them to Washington. I think it would be a good thing for us to point them to church and the folks at church. So many things take people out of church today that get our attention. And the sad thing is that it goes on to the next generation even further. And the last thing is this. We cause God to remove the hedge of protection. I believe there is such a thing as a hedge of protection. I think about Job. Remember when the devil came about Job? It's about Job 1.10 says, Hast thou not made a hedge about him? about his house, and about all that he hath on every side. that's, blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. There was a hedge about Job. God allowed that hedge to be down for a little bit there, and Job went through some things. But in all that, Job didn't curse God. What a blessing it is to have God's hedge about us. You know, staying in the fence is the best place to be. No sheep over there. I'm sure they sometimes look and say, I wish I could get on the other side. And I've seen them before when they got out. I've seen when there used to be two horses down here. One day I came to church and horses were standing out there on the road. It was pretty neat. They weren't even a buggy hooked to them either. They were standing out in the road, and I'm thinking, you know, that's not supposed to be that way. And those horses are having a good old time. Man, they run, they run down that way, down this way, and people were stopping, and people were getting out trying to catch them, and they would run. And I'm sitting in my office laughing, and uh, uh, the horses ran down through that field. And I, and uh, so, I, what I did, I knew the, the people owned it. They lived the farm up here and owns this farm. And I drove up to their house, to, and I told one of the hired hands there, I said, hey, your horses are loose. You better see about them, they're going to get hit. And they came out and got them. But you know, those horses, I'm sure they had a good time. We don't have to be in the fence. But they were in danger. I saw where cars were, almost hit them. You know, the best place to be is right where God wants you to be. In God's hedge of protection. But sometimes, as we read in Psalm 106, verse number 15, and he gave them their request but sent leanness into their soul. He gave them the meat to eat, the children of Israel. And yet what happens? They got what they wanted, but they lost what they had. And leanness in soul. You know, it's really not going to matter when we die how much we have. But we will get a reward someday for what happened in our lives affected by our soul can't put a money value on it but a value i think we'll all be happy about if we invest in those things of god there's so much more to life than all that we can acquire in the physical side we all tonight i think i think i know us all even the poorest in the in america has so much And yet, there are those who have billions, with a B. And those who have millions, with an M. And those that only have tens and hundreds, and some are in debt. They forget God. and They think they have need of nothing. But we need the Lord. The fatness of the body, the physical things. But we've got it. My question is this evening. How's your soul? Is your soul lean? It's about time that we fatten our soul up a little bit with the things of God. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you so much again for this time tonight. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, I believe that we're able to understand what the title was all about tonight. We, are, we, we have so much. Every one of us in this room has so much. Most of the world would love to trade places with us. But Father, sometimes when we get so much, we just kind of forget about you. Lord, may we, set, may we check out our soul tonight. May our souls not be lean. But Lord, I pray that they would, they would be fattened up, if we could say it that way, fattened up by making sure we're right with thee tonight. May our attention be upon you. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed here this evening. I wonder if God spoke to your heart. Maybe you're here, you're not sure of your salvation. Maybe after this morning you said, you know, I really thought about that all day. Think about it. God's speaking to your heart. You need to settle it tonight. I wonder if there'd be anyone this evening who said, preacher, you know, that's it. That's that's it. That's me. I'm not sure of my salvation. I want to settle that once and for all. Preacher, pray for me you slip your hand up anyone this evening. Preacher, that's me. I'm not sure of that, but I'd like to be sure. Christian, tonight then, how's your soul? I'm not asking how much money you have in the bank. I'm not asking you how many things you have. I mean, if you have things, you got money in the bank, praise God. But be more concerned than just the things physically. Be concerned about the spiritual things in your life. God spoke to your heart tonight. In a moment, we're going to have an altar call. You can come and pray and ask God to help you. Get your attention focused on him. Father, I pray you'll bless the invitation now. You'll be pleased with the decisions that we make tonight. For all of us, we'll make decisions. Sometimes it's the wrong decision. Sometimes it's say no. But Father, I pray we'll say yes to you tonight. So bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Should we stand as the invitation is given? You need to come. The altar is open.